today's episode, we got uh, multiple-time IPF world champion in equipment, out of equipment, and multiple different weight classes from Brazil, Ana Rosa Castellane, easily one of the greatest powerlifters of all time. Uh, she has done it all, and she's going to be at the IPF World Championships in Sweden, battling Kimberly Walford and Chandler Babb in the 69-kilo class. And if Anna wins, she will be the first powerlifter to win an IPF World Championships in three different weight classes. If Kimberly wins, Kimberly becomes the first to win three world titles in three different weight classes. So it's a historic event. Then you've got the newcomer, Chandler Babb. It's her first IPF World Championships. Um, it, so you got a three-way battle. And all of these women, if I'm not mistaken, on the nominations are within two and a half kilo of each other. So it gets no better. But not only does Anna Rosa talk about that, the upcoming battle, she talks about the previous you know, clashes with Kimberly at the World Championships and their sporting rivalry. Um, but she's got nothing but good things to say about Kimberly as a person. However, she also talks about her previous sporting rival in the equip side and just how <laughs> she had to, let's just put it this way. She had a different take on that sporting rivalry. I'll let you listen to how she tells it. Um, we do have a translator in spots, Anna does speak English on this episode, but in other spots, she lets the translator uh, take it up because she goes deep. I mean, at, at certain points, she even gets emotional on it, and um, you you could tell, you could tell she has to she has to put a pause in it because she she talks about some tough times she also faced. So it's a good podcast. We also are going to be doing a podcast with Canada's Bryce Krawcheck who will be at the IPF World Championships. Uh, Bryce got a huge YouTube presence, and um, he's moved into the 120-kilo class. We're going to talk to Bryce. That's this weekend, and also the fellas are back for IPF World Championship preview show. We will go division by division, go through all the different lifters, uh, and give you a complete breakdown of what to look for, some of their background stories. So if you're looking at the IPF World Championships, you'll actually know who's who, get a little bit of a background, maybe some divisions you didn't super care about, now you will. And so we got some big battles on the horizon, who's in, who's out, what's changed. We go through it all, and then we're also going to do another episode for the IPF preview where we give our confidence points allocated to our picks because it'll be for our fantasy league. So there it is. Uh, with no further ado, Anna Rosa Castellane uh, and in spots through her interpreter. Okay. So I was just saying before we start recording, um, we got Anna Rosa Castellane, multiple time IPF world champion, um, won championships in equipment, won championships out of equipment in classic or raw. Uh, you know, world games, whatever. You've done it all. Been powerlifting competitively for 15 years. Coach, judge, um, you do everything. You, you, yes. Am I missing anything? <laughs> yes. I do everything uh, a long time. Not so in powerlifting, but in, in my whole life. There it is. My, yes. 
And we are accompanied by um, Erica Da Silva, who is um, your English coach that can help you out if we get stuck. But uh, like you got, you got workable English for sure, but just in case. And sometimes I talk fast. Like sometimes I get excited and I talk fast and that could be an issue. But much appreciated, Erica. And you were saying you actually, you watch a little bit of powerlifting yourself and you're familiar? I do. I do. I'm not a professional, but I do powerlifting as well. So oh, nice. I'm and actually you- her student. She's my student and I'm, I, I'm her student. Oh, well, look at that. <laughs> you guys can help each other out. Um, and you're yes. in France, is that right? Yes. I tell you what, France this year, especially on the women's side, France got shooters. France got shooters. France is like, it turned like Naomi Albert, Leah Bavois. Um, I mean, the Caroline, there's like, there's a bunch like France, Samantha Eugene and the juniors. Like France has got a hell of a, a powerlifting team. It's getting big in France over there. Do you feel that? Yes. Erica, do you feel that as well? I'm actually asking you as well. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not familiar with that. Oh, okay, um, never mind. <laughs> All right, Ada, do you feel that? Do you? How do you feel about the women's side? The women women's side. If if powerlifting is growing, France or growing? All over. Ele falou se o powerlifting cresce só na França ou ao redor do mundo. Ele está perguntando se você acha que o time francês está forte esse ano, que as profissionais <risos> francesas. Yes, of course. I watch all girls in Instagram. Oh, do you? <laughs> yes, the, the, the little one uh, in 52. Naomi. Naomi yes. Albert. Yeah. I like her a lot. Yeah. <laughs> watch her. Yes. And France is growing. It's growing a lot for, I I think it's this past two years now. Yeah. In the competition, so I think this years, this year, it's. Vai ter mais meninas. É isso que eu quero falar. Falei. It's it's uh, sorry. It's. Oh, fiquei nervosa, Erica. <laughs> She's getting a bit nervous. Ah, um, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. That's cute. She's, like saying, that. she's saying that she's, get, she's getting, um, she's really excited that there are so many girls and the team is already, it's growing. Yeah. No, it's um because, because um, Anna Rose has been competing since 2016. And the changes in powerlifting since 2016 have been crazy. Uh, from social media to the live streams now like in 2016 the live streams well, i don't even know if we had live streams in 2016 it was just non-existent and um social media 2016 was like also like nothing like we have now um now you could follow people now we have live streams and people know who people are and um in the amount of women participating in powerlifting now 2016 was completely different you know what what are some of the changes you've noticed Anna since when you started in 2016 to 2021 in terms of like participation of women and when you used to compete early and now like what are some of these changes Erika eu vou falar em português tá eu entendi o que ele falou tá tá bom pode falar 
O que eu vejo é que em 2016 é, o esporte começou a, a, a crescer de uma forma global, tá? E algumas pessoas tinham rede social, postavam alguma coisa de vídeo, igual eu já postava os meus vídeos em rede social. Em 2016. Porém, em 2016, só que a gente não tinha, nem todo mundo tinha Instagram ou até mesmo Facebook. Facebook para postar, então a gente só sabia como os atletas iam competir no campeonato se chegando no campeonato, entendeu? Deixa eu falar ou ou Deixa eu falar o resultado de competição, pode falar. Um, she's saying that uh, even back then, in 2016, she already had um, some of the social media, so she was already posting some of the content and um, a lot of the professionals didn't have it, so she would actually only know um, what she was going to face in the actual competition. And I think that's what she feels has changed. Yeah, because you couldn't, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. É, e após isso, de 2017, 2018, houve uma explosão muito grande das pessoas mostrando vídeo. Like Isabella in 2017 post a lot of videos training heavy and me. I know. because of this. So, but it's it's normal. But I feel this is good for the powerlifting. Yeah. Uh, people posting videos to get more sponsors. I, I, I agree with this, but agora eu vou falar em português. <laughs> Mas eu acredito que por um lado, mesmo as pessoas mostrando o quanto elas estão treinando pesado, muitas vezes elas postando isso, é, tem pessoas que se amedrontam um pouco e tem pessoas que, que nem eu. No começo eu sei que elas estavam postando vídeo pesado. De começo, eu comecei a ficar preocupada. Mas depois disso, eu vi, se ela está fazendo isso no treino, pode ser que na competição ela não faça, porque ela está mais pesada de peso corporal. Fora isso, toda essa divulgação toda que ajudou o crescimento do esporte, eu vejo que as pessoas hoje estão mais conectadas né, a... a umas às outras, olhando os vídeos e lendo relatos de treino, mas o que eu vejo é que, assim, nem sempre tudo que é postado as pessoas acabam fazendo na competição, fazem menos. Então, por um lado, eu vejo que ajudou, mas, por outro lado, eu vejo um ponto negativo. A pessoa está treinando para a rede social e, às vezes, não está treinando para a competição. Oh, um, so she said that... Um... At the beginning, when she was watching all these women's um, training heavily, she was a bit, okay, so how is that going to be? And then she realized that, all right, so they are actually training with this load and they not might be able to actually go into the competition and do that. Right. So... Uh, I don't know if you wanted to say something. And nope, sorry, no, you go ahead. I was just agreeing. <laughs> so they are, what she said is that people are so worried about training for Instagram, for whatever social media they're posting, 
that sometimes they're forgetting that the actual competition takes place elsewhere. So that's one thing she said. And the other one is, other than that, obviously, um, through social media, a lot of people have been able to connect and to um, start watching and maybe get into it and then start training. Yeah, for I sure. Think, I think that's... Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's good and bad. There's pros and cons. Like some people only focus on the cons, like the bad stuff. Like, for instance, for sure with social media, when you just compare yourself to other people, just in general, that's tough mentally. They say comparison is the thief of joy. Um, whereas it's same thing with competition. Like Anna was saying when she was looking at Isabella um, and she's like, oh, wow. Like you start getting nervous and it's tough on the flip. So if you just focus on that, it could be like some people go like, oh, social media, it's, it's negative, it's bad, it's whatever. But on the flip side, because Anna and I was around before social media was big for powerlifting. They don't know that before social media, you didn't know who anybody was. Nobody knew who anybody was. So yes, you could show up at a competition. There's no stress, no pressure. Cause I do, I wouldn't even know what people look like. I would see, I'd be like, Oh, that's what Anna looks like. I wouldn't even know. She would just be a name on a roster. Um, <laughs> so there was that which like, okay, so you can't be intimidated by the person on the flip side. You're not going to have any supporters. People don't know you. Like they, you can't have like what Anna said, sponsors, um, supporters, and then through like a following coaching, like Anna's coaching you in France and you know who she is. Like UK in the yeah, UK or UK. Sorry. I, <laughs> yeah. You would think I would pick up on the accent, but, um, but still like in Europe, right? Like it, it, like Anna now has people all over the world that know who she is and sponsors and followers and she can inspire women and men in Europe to start competing and like the sport grows. So there's, like she said, there's both. You can't have one without the other. So it's, I think in bigger picture, I think it's a good thing, but I am the type of person that looks at the good. Right? I'm like, Hey man, I remember does maybe ask Anna, does she think overall it is a, it has been a good impact or a negative impact? having social media. Você entendeu, Ana? Ele perguntou Entendi. se, de maneira geral, você acha que foi uma coisa boa ou ruim as redes sociais em relação ao esporte, ao powerlifting? Foi. Foi uma coisa muito boa, Érica, porque, por exemplo, aqui no Brasil, tem, existem mais federações além da IPF, né? Mas, a nível de Brasil, o esporte cresceu mais por exemplo, até para a gente em campeonato nacional, nosso campeonato nacional clássico vinha, vamos falar assim, de 70 atletas em 2017 ou 18. A gente já está no campeonato nacional desse ano, a gente já está com 200 atletas, porque as pessoas estão conhecendo mais. Então, sim, eu vejo isso como um ponto positivo para o crescimento do esporte. Eu concordo com ele nesse sentido ajuda a crescer e cresceu muito, principalmente no Brasil, e eu vejo que, por conta disso, por exemplo, eu tenho uma aluna no Japão agora, é brasileira, mas treina no Japão, e tenho na dois Irlanda. no Japão, tenho você, tem na Irlanda. Então, assim, é, 
as pessoas podem me conhecer comigo estando paradinha no mesmo lugar. Então, isso é, tipo, é fantástico. Eu não posso dizer que não é, né? Eu concordo. Mas é, tem que saber separar né? o, 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 o lado profissional, o lado atleta e o lado dessa parte que as pessoas te bombardeiam, né? Às vezes, né? Um, she said that in terms of um, professionals getting to know or the, the ones that wanted to become a professionals to begin with, in Brazil, she said that back in 2017, there were about 70 um, professional athletes. And now she believes that a lot of it is it's become of, it's because of social media. It's about 200 oh, wow. in Brazil. And she believes that it has to do with social media because before people would know, unless you knew someone who were a professional athlete, you wouldn't know that there was this sport to begin with, that you can get into that sport. And another thing is she said that like me, she has, she has one student in Japan. She has one athlete. I think she's a professional athlete. Um, she has other students in, in Ireland, in other countries, and that's mm. all because of social media. A lot of people can know her and other athletes as well. So yeah. obviously she, she agrees with you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a necessary, I think, um, all athletes, it's tough. Like I, 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 I do understand, like when you get to a certain level, there's pressure, um, there's now podcasts, we do shows where we pick who's going to win. And like, you hear that and like, oh my God, there's more pressure and, um, there's <laughs> rivalries, you know what I mean? Like who's going to beat who? And that's tough. That's not easy, you know, but, um, it's all part of it. Like in sports, you know, you need sports rivalries. Like if you watch tennis, you need Andre Agassi and Pete Sampras. <laughs> You know what yes. I mean? Like you need yes, that. Yes, I know. Yeah. I love, I love these this guys. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, same here. <laughs> Look at off topic a little bit. Andre Agassi's book is amazing. If you're ever going to read an autobiography, Andre Agassi, amazing book. But um, yeah, like sports need sports rivalries for people to care, for people to buy in and be like, I'm team Anna. I'm team Kimberly. I'm team, you know, <laughs> And um, it, it's just the way it is, even if it's, if it's uh, sports teams. Um, in the past, like who would, who would Anna say is the biggest sports rival you've had that pushed you to get better, pushed you to train harder? And you're like, oh my God, this, is, this person's got me pushing. Eu entendi o que ele perguntou, Eric. Ele está perguntando se quem me puxou, me inspirou aí para frente, né? Que era, que era sua rival no tablado, talvez. Que era uma pessoa tá. que você fazia você treinar mais pesado e se dedicar mais ainda porque você sabia que ia ter essa pessoa para enfrentar, digamos assim. Então, quando eu comecei a participar de competições a nível internacional, digo, campeonato, meu primeiro campeonato pan-americano foi em 2009. E nessa época, o nome do powerlifting era Priscila Ribic. Então, quando eu comecei, eu subi da Júnior para a Open, 
é, ela era o nome mais forte e todo mundo dizia, ó, oh, se você for para um campeonato mundial, você vai competir contra ela. Pode falar isso para ele que depois... De que país ela era, Ana? Ele... Estados Unidos, é, Estados Unidos. So she said that when she started, when she actually, when she, she, she embarked on the first open competition, the international competition, it was Priscilla Rubik. I think it's yeah, her Rubik. name. Rubik, yeah. Rubik, yes. Thank you. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, um, and they had a, for years, went back and forth winning titles. Number one, number two, back and forth for years. Um, did it ever get like, did it ever get like intense or were you able to separate that emotionally? When... I understand you. Okay, I thought so. I can see your face. I'm like, I think she's got me. She, she, understand, she understands much more than she speaks. She yeah, understands. Yeah. So in the beginning, she is the the name. So Anna, you need to do win her, win her. Yeah. And I know she's the biggest, the deadlift, the history and the, the in equipment. So my deadlift is wasn't good in this time. So mentally in the training. Her name always in my mind when yeah. I do squats, when I did bench, and I did deadlift. Always I need to win Priscilla. Yeah. So for me, it's, it's difficult because uh, the way I training, I work a lot. In in the past, I work 50. Uh, 13, 14 hours a day and training after this. Yeah. Always midnight training, two hours training alone. So this is very, this in this time, this is very difficult to me. So Priscilla training today, I need to train better than yeah, her. Yeah. Always <laughs> thinking, I, I always thinking this way. So mentally, I get more stronger because of this. No, no, because only this, but the all the situation. My situation is not is is sad. It but it's my life. But I love sport. I love training. So I need to train more because my biggest dream is I need to be a world champion. Always, I always yeah. thinking this fala Ana, ele, ele ah. faltou faltou só uma coisa que ele perguntou que foi como vocês dividiram o pódio né você primeiro ela primeiro e por aí vai chegou a criar alguma tensão entre vocês isso essa busca pelo primeiro entre vocês duas ou não vocês conseguiam separar o profissional e o pessoal havia uma tensão muito forte então eu vou falar que dessa parte assim é ela nunca foi muito fã minha, tá, Érica? Apesar de ela me cumprimentar em competição, de ela me deu parabéns quando eu ganhei o Hall da Fama, mas assim, eu tive uma situação com ela em 2013, tá? No World Games em Cali, que não tinha cavalete suficiente para dividir. Eu acho que tinha sete cavaletes e tinha... 10 ou 11 atletas, então a gente precisa dividir. E a gente é parecida de altura, 
E o Davi perguntou se eu poderia dividir o cavalete com ela e ela disse que não. Hum, e tá neste ano, nessa situação, eu pesei 65 e 5. Eu desci muito meu peso para essa competição. Então, eles, especialmente dos Estados Unidos, nessa competição, eles queriam que eu voltasse para a sala de pesagem porque eles achavam que o meu peso estava errado. Então, assim, criou maior um, uma indisposição no meio do meu aquecimento, tá? Porque eles achavam que o peso estava errado da balança, que eu não podia ter pesado 65,5 na época. E isso fez... O Davi falou assim, agora tu vai passar o caminhão em cima dela, porque é ridículo essa... essa Deixa eu... Pode falar para ele. Wow, that's so many information. <laughs> okay, you might have to break it up. You might have to stop her a couple of times to get pieces right. and then come back to me. But <laughs> She said that in her part, no, she can be professional and she can separate and she would have no problem with that. And most of the time they don't, even though they don't know each other. However, there was an episode in 2013 in the World Games in Khalil, I think. Mm. Kali. Kali, sorry. And where they were supposed to share something and she said, no, I'm not sharing with you. And was Sharon very... Priscilla, Priscilla Rubin. Yes. Oh, you were going to share the warm-up with her though? That's... Yes, because uh, in this time, I think you have 30, 30 athletes. Okay. You have only in the warm-up seven reps. Yeah. So the Priscilla is the same high as yeah. me a little bit. Yes. It so there's Anna. Which maybe if Priscilla accepts, we need to share uh, direct with her. Okay. She said no. <laughs> Here's the thing. <laughs> Here's no. the thing. I kind of get it. I don't know. I don't know. It is weird. I don't know if it's weird. I don't know. I could kind of get it where you might not want the person you're competing against warming up with you. That might be weird. I don't know. I have to think about that. That's a good question. That's a good question. And there she was might... another. Sorry, go ahead. And she said that also because she lost a bit more weight than she wanted to. I think it was 65.5. And then the United States Federation, they wanted her to weigh again. So just to make sure, because they didn't, they weren't sure if she actually was that way. So that was a bit uncomfortable, she yeah. said. Yeah, because I don't even know if you could protest for a body weight. Like that's usually, that's kind of unusual, right? Huh. Yes, it's unusual. In... The World Championship in Puerto Rico, my weight is 71.8. So the, for the World Games, I dropped down my weight because it's for bar weight, the competition. Yeah. And my weight is it's less and I am skinny, but the, the loads is the same, the 2012 to 32 in the squat for my opening. So it's not, it's, she said, this is not correct because she's more lighter now. And, and Anna, 
É, então, eu sei que é... pode falar para ele. Eles falaram um monte, mas não, não, como tem duas pessoas na pesagem, não pode pedir para subir na balança de novo, né? E por causa disso, nessa situação, o Davi na época ficou nervoso e eu meio que não dei bola, né? E fiz a minha competição focada, porque eu sabia que eu tinha treinado bem. Se ela não fez a dieta para perder o peso, o problema é dela. Eu treinei bem, então ela tinha que fazer o dela, e na seguinte situação aconteceu, que eu ganhei com uma folga gigante dela na competição. Então, para eles, eu ter vencido ela naquela competição foi tipo o maior tapa na cara deles. Tipo assim, ó, o Brasil tem alguém realmente bom vindo. Então, ela começou a dar mais importância. Eu vi, eu, eu percebi isso, tá? Que depois desse episódio, dessa competição ela começou a investir mais no treinamento, porque não tinha ninguém para ganhar dela antes disso. Então, apareceu eu, apareceu a Russa, e ela teve que começar a treinar melhor. Pode falar isso para ele. Então, ela disse de novo que eles estavam tentando ajudar ela a se levantar de novo, insistindo nisso. E eles disseram, não, havia duas pessoas lá, They made sure that she had the, the, the right weight and that's it. We're not going to do it again. Yeah. And um, her trainer, David, he was really angry with them, obviously. And then I said, no, I'm okay. I'm ready. I've done all the training I need to do. That's it. I'm going to go there and do it. And I'm going to do it well to show her how it's, how it's done. <laughs> And she did it, and she did it. And then she said that she felt that after that competition, she actually started training better because before that competition, it was like, okay, I'm the winner. I don't have to put in the work because it's just me. There's no one else to compete against me. And then Anna came in there and she just took everyone by surprise. And then there was another Russian um, athlete as well that came after Anna. And then, yes, that's what she said. <laughs> so, um, I, I mean, I could see how like, yeah, exactly that where when you arrival there and um, like when you go back to Brazil after a situation like that in Cali, you're gonna train harder because you know she's there. You can't lose to her. And, and when it's midnight and you're exhausted, It, it, if, if she wasn't there, you go to sleep. But Rubik's going to be, Priscilla's going to be there. You're like, I'm not missing a day. I'm not missing a day. No, 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 no. Like, it's so, it's, it's good in the moment. Like, stress isn't always bad. Some people live a life where they avoid stress. But stress isn't a bad thing all the time. It makes you work harder. Pressure makes you work harder. Like, that's the difference sometimes, right? Like, we need... Pete Sampras needs Andre Agassi. In the moment when you sign up for the competition and you look, you're like, ah, oh, Andre Agassi's in this one? Or you're like, oh, man, Priscilla again? But afterwards, when you look back, you're like, if Priscilla wasn't there, I wouldn't have done what I did. I wouldn't have pressed as hard. I wouldn't have dropped my body weight for Cali World Games 2013. I wouldn't have pulled all the stops and see my full potential. You know, um, so it's, 
I, you need these people. How are you in Priscilla now? Are you guys okay now? that Because you don't compete anymore against each other, right? It's been a while. Did, or you guys just not see each other? Because how is it now? Então, Erika, depois dessa situação, é, a gente teve mais uma exposição depois do World Games de 2017, tá? Que foi a última competição dela. Eu ganhei o World Games de 2017, basicamente com a mesma estratégia que eu usei em 2013, descendo o meu peso corporal. E teve uma indisposição feia na rede social. Ela me acusou de ter ido para a Rússia aprender a forjar o doping, tá? E isso deu a maior discussão. É... A gente mandou tudo para a IPF, porque ela acusou me acusou de ir para a Rússia aprender a forjar doping, sendo que, que eu não tenho dinheiro, não tinha maior dinheiro para ir viajar, como é que eu ia ter dinheiro para forjar doping? Então, depois disso, é, eu ganhei dela nessa, nessa competição e ela fez essa exposição e depois ela teve que se retratar e pedir desculpa para mim, tá? Ela é, mandou, a IPF fez ela mandar um, uma carta formal por e-mail pedindo desculpas por essa situação. E depois disso, quando eu fui, ganhei o prêmio do Hall da Fama na Suécia em 2018, ela veio me dar... Okay. In, Poland. in Poland. Gotcha. Okay. And then again, using the same, um, so she dropped her body weight again and she won again uh, against her again, once again. And um, there was this um, episode where she, she accused Anna of going to Russia to learn how to a way around the doping oh. test online. So, and then obviously she could prove that she didn't, that there was nothing wrong. And then she had to go back and officially apologize to Anna oh, afterwards. Wow. And that was very like, unprofessional of her. And then there's something else that Anna, Anna wants to share. Well, Anna? Let me follow up with that one real quick. Um, before we move on, so um, she accused her like in the open, like a uh, like a like made it online, online on Facebook. On Facebook, she posted on, on Facebook a text because in this time in 2017, I passed three weeks in in Russia in camping training with uh, Ivanov, me, David, and other other people in Britain here in Brazil. Yeah. So I trained three weeks in Russia in this time. So after the World Games, uh, one day or two, I think, she posted on Facebook, me and David, que a gente tava, foi para lá para aprender a forjar mesmo o doping. Só que ela não olhou, Erika. Eu fiz... 
quatro exames antidoping de sangue e urina em, em um mês e meio nessa situação. E ela me acusou de ir para lá forjar o doping, tá? E depois disso, depois que aconteceu que ela postou isso, que eu fui para lá, eu cheguei no Brasil, dois dias depois, vieram me testar de novo por sangue e urina, e eu perguntei para a gente, a gente disse que a ordem de teste veio, do, veio da IPF, mas que é como se alguém tivesse desconfiado de alguma coisa, que ela viu que eu tinha sido testada duas semanas atrás. Então, depois eu fiz, no caso, em dois meses, eu fiz sete, deu sete testes de doping, desses sete testes, cinco foram de sangue e urina. Então, ela teve que se retratar, porque não teve, eu, é, eu não tinha nada contra mim, não tem, eu, eu estou desde 2012 no programa da Wadra, eu não saio desse programa antidoping, eu sou uma das únicas atletas que não saio. Então, depois disso, ela fez a carta, se retratou e no ano seguinte ela me tratou normalmente. Me cumprimentou na competição, me deu os parabéns por eu ter ganhado o prêmio da Roda da Fama, que eu merecia. Mas, assim, não fica a mesma coisa, né? É como se a pessoa tivesse inveja porque eu consegui ganhar uma competição que ela nunca ganhou. Essa é a verdade. Ela nunca conseguiu vencer um World Games. E eu, das duas vezes que eu fui, eu venci. Só que eu venci, foi uma estratégia. Eu não só treinei, eu usei uma estratégia para perder peso, para chegar na competição e fazer valer a pena, né? So, Ana said that um, before and when she was in Russia, she had four tests. So, uh, I think it's anti-doping, I think yeah. it's called. Um, within one month, urine and blood test before and when she was in Russia and then she went to the World Games and then after she had won the World Games this lady Priscilla she went on social media and apparently to, to the IPF Federation as well to complain and to make accusations and then Anna had a couple of more done after the competition to prove that she, mm. there was nothing wrong with her And it felt like she was out of jealousy, out of spite, because the two times she went to the World Games, she was bit by Anna. So it felt like it wasn't really about the anti-doping, it was about, okay, so I didn't win it because of you, so there must be something wrong. And I said... It's... it's You know, a lot of people, due to location, make accusations. Like, you know, people, like, you went to Russia? Gotta be doping. And it's like, man, yeah. you know? And then, you know, I'm sure people in Russia and Ukraine and whatnot look at Americans and they see Americans like, come on, these guys are on dope. Like, it's, it's, we think they're doping. They think we're doping. Like, it's, everybody thinks that. And um, with WADA, they'll do out of competition doping control like testing and if it's blood if they show up like they did in a four times out of competition taking blood randomly, three times three times three times after and so three times after seven, yeah. she had seven done um in two months 
And she said also that she had, she is one of the few members of the Federation that checks for dope since 2012. And since then she's been randomly tested without any warning. And so she yeah. has nothing to hide. And that's how you catch somebody is um, because when it's a blood test random, you, you, can't, you can't hide. The blood shows everything, especially if it's random. So that's that, right? So it, it, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's not good to, and you gotta be careful when you make an accusation, you know, because then you have to, if you can't prove it, if you make an accusation and can't prove it, and you're attacking someone's character, the reputation, everything, and you have no, no proof, man, that's big. You got to back up afterwards. And like, it looks bad. You have to apologize. Like people be like, all right, where's your proof? If you have none, if you're just like, if the best you got is she beat me, that ain't, you know, that's not proof enough, right? <laughs> that's not good enough. But um, anyways, it is what it is. So moving forward, the IPF now has the 69 kilo class. What was Anna's thoughts when she found out? Because Anna has won titles in 72. She's won titles in 84. And now she has a possibility of winning a third world championship in a third weight class. What does she think now that the IPF has the 69 kilo class? What was her impression? <sighs> Érica, essa categoria, na verdade, ficou perfeita para mim, porque eu treino sempre entre 69 e 70 quilos. Olha, pouquíssimas vezes eu peso 71. E quando eu fui na 84, em 2016, eu subi de categoria, porque eu tinha uma atleta na competição, ela era da 63, e a 72 e a 63 seriam juntas. Então, eu decidi subir para poder ajudar a minha atleta e para ela me ajudar no dia seguinte, porque o Davi não, não pôde ir nesse evento, né? Então, eu tive que fazer uma estratégia que foi suicida, tá? Porque eu não treinei em nenhum momento com 72 quilos, eu treinava com 71 e meio à noite e eu ganhei esses quilos aí que faltava lá no Texas naquela situação, né? Consegui pesar 74 porque eu estava comendo a cada uma hora e meia, tá? Então, essa situação que eu fui na 84 foi por causa dessa razão, porque eu precisava de ajuda, né? De técnica na competição e eu precisava estar com a minha atleta. Então, fala para ele isso, que eu já vou explicar o que, que eu acho dessa mudança da categoria de forma geral. So, she said the first, this is the perfect weight um, category for her. So, she's, she thinks it's brilliant. And then she said that, so she, um, she competed on 73 and then on 84 and then she said that when she what she went to the competition on the category 84 it was suicide kind of because she was she wasn't ready but the reason why she did this is because she needed someone in there to help her because it was just her and another woman another athlete 
and then they needed to help each other. And the only way to do that is for Anna to go up um, one category. So that's that. And then there's something else that she wants to share. É, devido a essa mudança de categoria, que ficou perfeita, porque eu peso 69, né? 70. É, a antiga categoria eu nunca conseguia competir com 72. Se forem olhar todos os meus resultados, pouquíssimas vezes eu pesei 70,5 ou teve uma situação que eu pesei 71. Em 2014, no primeiro Mundial Hall, eu pesei 68,2. Depois, em 2016, eu subi. Em 2017, eu pesei 69,4. Em 2018, eu pesei 70. Então, essa categoria ficou perfeita para mim. Para mim, poder... eu treino muito bem com esse peso. Não sinto diferença é, se eu ganho 3 quilos a mais. E eu me sinto bem treinando nessa zona. Então, essa mudança, para mim, eu agradeço. Eu sei que dividiu mais. Tem meninas que, para outras, outras meninas que pesavam 76 e desciam para 72, eram difícil. Essas meninas agora estão nas 76, para elas ficou confortável. Ficou mais disputado, no caso, essa categoria nova, 76, está muito mais disputada do que a minha, porque a maioria da minha ficou, ficou no, ou ficou no meio do caminho, ou a pessoa vai ter que perder peso para pesar 69, ou ela vai poder comer para ir para 76. Então, acho que foi uma mudança bem significativa, se for ver, tem algumas atletas, por exemplo, da 63, que pesam 66, 67, e perdem peso. Então, se elas quiserem ir na 69, elas podem. Fica bom, mas aí é critério do atleta, né? Tipo, para mim tá ok. Let me see if I remember all of okay. it. I'm gonna try. Yeah. I'm gonna try. Um, because there are a lot of numbers in there and dates, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try to summarize what she said. So she said that she's always been, she's always weighed um between 69 and 70. That's her weight. So for her to go up into 73 was actually a challenge. So she said that if you check her, her weight throughout the competitions, it's always 71, 72. So for her, it's just, it's just amazing that she doesn't have to do that anymore and she, she can go back. And then also she said, because there's new categories for athletes to go into, so actually divided the number of athletes. So 76, she said, um, 76, Anna? Yeah. Yeah, it is 76. Yeah, I think, yeah. And then she said that she finds that it's going to be a lot more difficult for that category than for hers because she's in her comfortable weight, so she's not going to have a problem. Mm. Um, so I want to, there's a couple things. And if Anna, you might be able to answer this in English because we're kind of running out a bit of a time here. We're getting close to an hour already. So you might need to, you might need to interest English. You don't got to give a big, big, long one. These will be quick fire shot ones. Okay. In, in 2016, that is when you moved up to 84 earlier. And I know it, you had mentioned like, it was almost like suicide, but for anyone listening, you, you won. 
Um, and you beat the reigning champion in the 84 <laughs> kilo class, and you were only 74 kilo, which is crazy. Um, so you were 10 kilo too small, and you still won. It was one of the most impressive performances I had seen. I was a commentator at that time, okay? Now I have a question, though, because I talked to Ilya Strick about this. You missed your second deadlift. Yes. And then you came back and you <laughs> upped it and hit your third. Okay. And everyone's yes. like, oh my, like we thought for sure you're going to lose after you missed your second. You went higher and hit your third. Now, some people believe, and correct, tell me if this is true. Some people think you missed your second deadlift on purpose. So no. That, no. Okay. 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 Ah, it was, it's a it's a myth. It's a legend. In the platform, there was a hole. There was a hole on the platform. So when I pull two on two, I try to pull and my pelvis was in the buraco. I couldn't make force. She said that. Her food got stuck in the hole, so it oh. was actually a miss. Yes. Oh, see, I remember, I remember that final deadlift. Her hips were shaking like she was dancing. It was crazy. It was crazy. Like her hips were going back and forth, like 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 she was in a plane experiencing turbulence. Like it was crazy. And when she locked it out, she yelled like a roar, like a lion roaring. And it was like, oh my God, dropped down to her knees and started celebrating. It's like, it was crazy, man. And um, I remember talking to Ila Strick afterwards and she's like, I wonder if she purposely missed her second to come back on her third. And it would have been a bit, it's a better story almost, but whatever it is, what it is. My best deadlift is 205 in this situation. And my hand always open. Yeah, yeah. Always open in the deadlift. Everybody know this. Now, this is not going to happen more. <laughs> <laughs> so, in this time, I need to put 205 to win. Yeah. So, I need to try. Yeah. It is what it is. You right? got to pull for the win. You got to pull for the win. That's it. Yeah, and I get put to the win. So when I go to the platform, see the weight, yes, I am the world champion. And do it. So it's worth It was amazing. Um, because when she hit her deadlift, she was celebrating. Because you missed, she hit, and she celebrated. Like, wow. And it's like, well, everyone thought she won. She was the reigning champion, defending much bigger and you being the fiery underdog coming back from missing and hitting your deadlift sports moment, big moment in powerlifting. I just wanted to bring that up. I got another question for you going into this 69 kilo class. If you win, you will be the first woman to win in three different weight classes. But um, Kimberly Walford's going to be there. And Kimberly yes. Walford also is going for that title of three different weight classes because she won in 63, 72, and 69. Who is going to be the first woman to win in three different weight classes? You or Kimberly? It's a difficult question because I, I want to win this competition and now I'm training very well. I am sure 
about this. So Kimberly, it's my... Erika, Kimberly é a minha adversária mais difícil, fala para ele. Eu tenho um grande respeito por ela, eu tenho um carinho, uma admiração e eu respeito ela dentro da plataforma. Então, cada vez que eu vou competir contra ela, eu não consigo ver ela como minha adversária, eu vejo ela sempre como a minha irmã. Então, dentro da minha cabeça, isso sempre é muito difícil de eu assimilar. Porém, eu trabalhei muito nesses últimos sete meses após a morte do meu pai. Eu preciso vencer ela para eu fechar o meu, o meu, a minha trajetória dentro do caso da IPF. Eu venci uma russa, eu venci uma ucraniana, eu venci uma americana e não venci uma das mulheres mais fortes dentro do esporte, que para mim, dentro do powerlifting, ela é a mulher mais forte. Então, dessa vez, eu não vou poder respeitar, não estou respeitando ela como a minha irmã, que ela é do meu coração. Agora, dessa vez, ela é realmente a minha rival. Eu botei isso na minha cabeça, ela é minha rival e eu vou vencer ela. Eu, tô, eu estou treinando muito bem para isso e eu posso afirmar que é a minha melhor preparação Desde 2019. 2019 eu fiz o meu melhor resultado, só que em 2019 eu não estava treinando tão bem e eu estou treinando bem agora. So, Ana said that she, she struggles um, we, um, mentally when she competes against Kimberly because not only she likes her personally, she admires her. She, um, Kimberly inspires her to become better and to train better and to compete better. Um, but she said that this time, she wants to put all of this aside, obviously still liking and admiring her, but going for it because she wants to win this competition to, to close this um, IPF trajectory um, into powerlifting. And I think she said that because after her her father passed away. She she struggled mentally with a lot of things, and this is one of the things she's trying to overcome mentally. Well, I'm sorry to hear about your father. Obviously, number one, um, and yeah, Kimberly Kimberly is amazing. Kimberly is amazing, but she could push you as well. And and two of you guys, you're all time greats. You're both won world championships several times over, and we're lucky the 69-kilo class has both of you going head-to-head, -head, and only one of you can become the triple champion, three different weight classes. It's insane. Um, so one of you is going to get it. You know, one of you is going to become the first to get three, and everyone remembers who's first. So good luck. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be a great battle. Um, I didn't. So in 2019, because you're capable, 2019, when you came in fourth, three months later, you you broke the total record. And um, I wanted to ask, like, what was the difference there that changed that? It's just three months later, so much bigger total. And it was it, like you can you have the capabilities of winning. What do you think the difference was there? And can you bring that difference this time as well? Ana, você... 
It's okay. Listen, it's okay. 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 Take your time. Okay. Take your time. If this is if this is a personal question. Is 2009 I I passed. Em uh, 2019, eu passei por uma situação onde eu não estava mais treinando com o Davi Erika, e o Davi, na época, não era somente meu treinador. Ele, ele era o meu namorado, né? Uhum. E, e aconteceu que eu acabei sofrendo muito por conta disso, e Nossa. tive uma lesão... Que foi, na primeira, que foi na primeira competição. Isso. É, em 2019, a gente não estava mais junto. Eu procurei outro treinador. E eu estava sofrendo bastante por isso. Eu tive uma lesão no ombro, pequena, mas eu não conseguia fazer supino direito, me incomodava para agachar, eu estava com dor no quadril. Eu passei por uma fase, assim, eu sofri muito emocionalmente e fisicamente eu estava com muitas dores, que eu não sabia de onde estava vindo. Eu recém tinha começado a treinar com o Dietmar, era um treino completamente diferente, porém, nessa, nesse campeonato mundial de 2019, aconteceu várias coisas. É, eu acabei ficando presa na Rússia, não consegui ir para um, uma outra competição, e emocionalmente juntou tudo isso, foi a primeira vez na minha vida que eu não queria competir. Pode explicar isso para ele. E qual, e qual foi a diferença dessa vez que você perdeu e da outra, três meses depois que você quebrou o World Record? Teve, teve alguma coisa que aconteceu? Que foi a pergunta eu, dele. Sim, eu, é, a diferença foi que esse, o 2019, se eu não me engano, era o meu 13º ter campeonato mundial e o primeiro que eu voltava sem medalha para casa. O primeiro. Eu, são poucos atletas que conseguem o que eu consegui. Então, pela primeira vez, eu não subi no pódio. E toda essa situação que eu passei me deixou muito triste, magoada, e eu disse que eu não aceitaria mais isso na minha vida. E te deu força para voltar. Sim, que meu pai sempre dizia uma frase para mim, castelanha, ouro, prata ou bronze. Ele, Deixa eu falar. Eu Pode falar isso para ele. Uh, so she said that in the first competition in 2019, when she didn't um, win any medals, which was the first time in 13 competitions when she didn't bring home a medal. So she She, feel, she feels proud of it. And then after, all oh right, let me go back. I'm, I'm skipping some information. Um, she was going through a hard time because, um, so Davi was her, was her coach, her trainer back then. And their, their relationship was not only professional. They had a relationship, a personal relationship. And then at that point, Not only he stopped being her coach and her trainer, they broke up. So everything, um, she felt like everything just disappeared and she had no one to count on. And she had this new trainer who she didn't feel comfortable. She didn't know him well. Um, the training and everything was different. And I think I'm missing something. 
A lot eu estava com uma lesão no ombro e o meu quadril estava incomodando muito. Eu estava com muita dor. Então, eu não conseguia treinar, não consegui treinar muito bem porque eu estava com muitas dores no corpo e eu não sabia de onde estava vindo. So, so, apart from all of that mental um, strength that she didn't have because of everything that was going on in her personal life, she also had um, um, a shoulder um, injury. Injury, thank you, and a hip injury. So, she said that it was the only competition that she didn't want to take part. So when she, she went back home without any medal, she said that that was it. She said that she remembered her dad saying to her, you come home, you bring a medal. It doesn't matter. You go there, you go there, you go there to win. And then after that, she started training and then got back to the, the, the world. The world record. Yeah, yeah. She broke that world record, which was crazy uh three months later like talk about a turnaround everyone was like holy smoke so um we see the potential i mean nobody doubts her heart anybody who's seen her in 2016 it was crazy like she's got the heart of a lion so when the chips are down that's when she comes up um after the 69 kilo she wins is it a possibility to go 76 kilo or is that too big and and you're gonna stay 69 so uh, I am compete keep it this year because the World Games the next ah. year in Alabama. So I think maybe in the keep it I compete in seven six, but I don't know yet. So I need to compete now and see the results to decide this because the the IPF formula is different. Yeah. So I need to choose maybe, but I don't know yet. And, this and, is happened. Yeah, and that's but, fair. And that's fair. I tell you what, um, like if you do. If you if you compete 76 and win 76 either in equipment or classic and you win four titles and four weight classes, that's insane. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right? That's insane. Uh, also, for anyone, I remember one thing I got to note. People don't realize what you mean to powerlifting of Brazil, but it's freaking crazy how the Brazilians act towards you when you're competing. I remember being like like commentating and hearing them in the crowd behind me and i'm like how many freaking brazilians are in there and there's like you know you got like 10 or so but they are so loud and i mean they get up on their feet like they, it is insane how much they support you like brazil is extremely supportive nation and um and you're their champion like you've won so many titles you know so like they got you like you know different nations have different lifters and brazil has you and you're definitely like the flag bearer for Brazil. When people think of Brazilian powerlifting, they think about you. And um, so, you know, what essentially, and we could cut it. I know, I know we're going past an hour, but I wanted to ask you, like, what does it mean to you to be that for all the Brazilian team, to be that for women across the world who watch you lifting as an inspiration and uh, for like, not just that, for like people like me 
who see you when it was 2016, you're 10 kilo too small, missed your deadlift, come back, hit it and win. You know, you, you like, what does it mean to you to hear this kind of thing and get that kind of support? When I was very young, my biggest dream is being Olympic champion in track and field. I trained for 11, 13, 14 years. But in track and field, I don't have the high to compete. So I always watching the Olympic Games and this is my dream. So I need to be um, Erika, eu quero falar assim que o meu sonho sempre foi ser uma campeã olímpica e eu encontrei no powerlifting a razão para eu ser a melhor do mundo em alguma coisa, eu queria ser a melhor do mundo em alguma coisa e a, a, minha, a minha maior motivação é é eu saber que eu consegui isso sendo uma pessoa uma pessoa de classe média e trabalhando bastante. Eu não vivo, eu não vivo do esporte. Hoje eu tenho uma condição melhor, mas o esporte não é a minha vida. Eu tive que trabalhar muito. Então, pode falar isso para ele, que depois eu falo o resto. Ana said that her dream has always been to be um, a championship, an Olympic championship. And when that didn't happen, she saw in powerlifting an opportunity to be the world championship. And she always had that in mind. And never for a minute did she doubt that she would be. And to be, to be a championship now, um, coming from a, a working class, someone who had to work and train and she didn't get anything. She didn't have any help from anyone whatsoever. She didn't leave um, just to be a professional athlete. So she feels very proud to have made it. It's a hell of a story. <laughs> <laughs> so, então, uh, Erika, pode falar para ele que eu não vou conseguir falar, senão eu choro. I am crying if I try to speak. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Take your time. Take you, you take as much time as you need. É, quando eu eu tive a noção que eu realmente me tornei a mulher que eu me tornei, eu tive essa noção em 2019 quando eu quebrei os dois recordes mundiais, eu sentei olhando lá para o mar no Uruguai e falei, quantas pessoas tem o que eu tenho? Quantas pessoas tentam fazer o que eu tento? E, e assim, eu vejo que pô, as pessoas desistem por coisas pequenas. Então, hoje eu posto a minha, o meu momento na rede social, eu escrevo a minha, né, o que eu passo para as pessoas verem que não importa se você trabalha 10, 14 ou 6 horas por dia ou se você dorme 5 horas ou se você come duas vezes. 
Se você realmente quer ser bom em algo, você tem que se dedicar para isso 100% e querer isso 200% para que isso aconteça. Então, hoje eu sei que tem várias pessoas que estão no esporte por conta de mim e eu consigo entender que tudo que eu fiz e o que eu venho fazendo, porque eu abri mão de muita coisa, tá? eu vejo que essas pessoas podem conseguir isso porque tem eu. Eu posso inspirar ela todos os dias, porque eu sempre coloco uma mensagem para quem quiser ler. Ó. Mesmo que esteja no seu pior dia, alguma coisa boa vai acontecer. Então, assim, eu tive essa noção que eu me tornei quem eu me tornei só em 2019. Eu ganhei os títulos todos antes disso. Eu sabia, né? entendia, mas eu consegui cair na real só em 2019 que realmente eu sou foda. Realmente eu sou foda. <risos> uh, wow. Um, Ana said that only in 2019 she kind of was able to, to look at everything she had accomplished up to that point and actually, wow, I did that. I got here. I don't know how. I don't know how I managed to went to go through everything I did, but I've made it. I've, I'm actually the championship. And she said that when she, it hit her, she 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 didn't. She never thought about that up to that point. And um, a lot of information. I'm just trying to make sure I, I, I cover everything. And she said that she feels extremely proud to be a role model to other people who wants to get into competition, to professional, to become a professional athlete, whatever that may be. And she tries to use her social media to share her stories. Like every, every other day, I read all of them. She, she writes about something she went through, something um, that was going through her mind in that moment and try to inspire as many as many people as possible and she feels that she, that's her duty as a championship there it is look at Anna. thank you very much for coming on erica thank you very much for coming on as well um much appreciated i keep i kept you guys a little longer than we said but is, <laughs> the conversation no was problem. good <laughs> good good and listen good luck with training um, good luck with the competition. No matter what happens, it's exciting. Everybody's going to be watching because the Battle of the 69s is it's two of the greatest of all time going head to head. This is our Pete Sampras, Andre Agassi. This is, you know, our big showdown. So um, I love it. I love it as a fan and I'll be commentating so and, and competing. So I'll see you in Sweden. Thank you very much. And, uh, and we'll keep in touch. Thank you. See you, Thank you. See you in Sweden. See you in Sweden. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.